hard to move harder. Welcome back to Tangent Space. I am Brandon Anderson. And I am John K. Hyas. Um, today, I wanted to talk about a subject that came up when, in one of John and I's many strange and <laughs> ongoing side projects, we tried to design a video game the laziest way possible, which for some reason occurred to us would be a thing called procedural generation, which, uh, as we learned was you know a method of programming a, a video game so that the the content isn't already all existing when you start playing and it in fact is generated by an interaction between the user and a pre-made algorithm or set of algorithms in the game such that the content like appears as you go forward and and therefore you can save a lot of energy thinking of everything that's going to happen and instead you just sort of come up with all the elements and let the user, you know, unfold this as they go. Um, anyway, and it, it allows for a lot of, like, very interesting storytelling that's sort of impromptu, and you can have strange and unexpected things happen that, that you know, may or may not have been intended, <laughs> but it makes for, for a more, a less canned and organic type of experience. I think okay. maybe... Maybe it would help to start with a few or mention a few famous examples. Yeah. All right. So uh, backing up first a little bit from, from video games, which we'll get back to. A couple examples where this can happen in more real life storytelling are with, famously, back in the day, they had these books, uh, short novels for kind of youth uh, called Choose Your Own Adventure Books. And it's sort of a rudimentary example, right? Uh so these books work by, if you've never seen one, you read a couple pages when you start the thing, and then it gives you a choice. And you, the reader makes a decision, and depending on what they choose to do in the story, like acting as the main character, they flip to some page in the book, some other place. And the story continues, uh, including that choice. So you, you keep doing this until you reach the end of the story. And there are a bunch of different endings. Um, so this is like a sort of weak example, right? Because it's the content's already all there. It just allows for some uh, stronger influence from the from the user. But you kind of see the idea, right? It's, it's a more organic feeling. Another example that reminded me of this uh, was the other week. I rewatched The Truman Show. You remember this movie? I do, actually. I've been meaning to rewatch it. Yeah, yeah, it's the best. Uh, and anyway, it, uh, I thought about his experience that way uh because as truman kind of goes around in his world and if you haven't seen the movie uh it's basically <laughs> jim carrey Spoiler. living as the star of a television show that he has been unwittingly in his entire life since he was born and they just sort of build a fake life of actors and scenes around him uh, as he lives his life and people watch it secretly with little cameras Anyway, but as Truman goes around, he has sort of free will. Like, he can go wherever he wants, and they like there's people just running around it. You keep seeing this in the movie in the background, like with radios and stuff, and building this world kind of ahead of him as he goes. 
And you notice it more and more as he starts to like try to break out and do unexpected things uh, that the thing sort of starts to break down. But anyway, the the idea is the same, right? The His life wasn't planned. It's, it's hard, especially because you didn't tell him uh, that he's a part of this. And so the content has to evolve. They didn't have to plan his whole life out. They just adapt to it as it goes. Yeah, so yeah, that's a bit more of a, a human physical example. <laughs> it's funny because <laughs> I have been thinking about rewatching it. Oh, man. Yeah, we got to come back to this. Uh, but we'll, let's go through a bit more of the basics of, of what we're talking about and, and how it's getting more popular before we get all conspiracy and <laughs> usual. <laughs> before uh, the AIs melt our brains. Yeah. Anyway, so it's my understanding that the sort of procedural generation for video games anyway is kind of seeing a renewed rise in popularity. Am I, you think I'm crazy in that? You see this too, John? Uh, I don't know. It's hard to get a grasp of. It's definitely, it's old. It came about from like games back in the 70s or something. Um, yeah. The way that it was kind of born was that you couldn't store all this stuff on computers. You didn't have the space right. to store giant textures right. and levels and all this stuff. So instead, you would effectively compress it by having, you know, a math formula that could mm-hmm. on the fly or when you're starting the game or something like that to generate levels, things like textures, sounds, all sorts of stuff. And right. yeah, one of the early games that is Rogue is one of the early ones, or early ones like that. And yep. now everyone knows them through the roguelikes. They're called like Diablo, the Diablo series of games. It's very mm-hmm. big in the indie game scene for the last, I don't know, handful of years. Like everything has roguelike elements to some right. degree. Um, buzzword. Meaning. Yeah, meaning, well, what it means is up for debate, but typically procedural generation is one of the main things. It's randomly right. generated levels and things like permadeath. So you can right. play once and you die, which you can't do. Well, okay, you can do it for other games, but it'd be harder to do because you're playing the same exact thing over and over again if it's a typical right. game. But if it's that's one of the strengths of having random levels is that it's new every time. Yeah, exactly. So you, you, you lean want on a that. unique experience. Right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. For so for that that old style that like makes great sense saving space wise, right? Because you mm-hmm. you can never go back. They usually like you you go through the content and it's just sort of deleted right behind you. You you can't ever turn around because it right. doesn't exist anymore. Uh, but this new style I see uh, doing doing the procedural generation, like it'll keep track of everything you've ever done. Uh, one example I played was uh, Starbound. It's sort of like universe exploration type of game where it just generates planets for you and you can manipulate them and do whatever you want anyway it seems really low overhead like that like a a very simple game and it's randomly generated in front of you but as i started to play it more and more i would like build elaborate structures on planet after planet and like i've done a jillion things and you could go back to these old planets and see what you had done still and like it all stayed pristine and it started to feel like a kind of unsustainable deal. Like at some point this game was going to just overload my whole computer because it remembered everything I ever did. Well, I think a lot of that, a lot of that must compress really well in Hmm. that you don't need much to save what you did. I'm guessing 
Hmm. I don't remember what the Starbound ones were. I think I looked. They're, they're really small, I think, last time I checked. Yeah, compression, I suppose, deserves some attention on its own. Graphics, I guess, is an easy one to think about, right? But this stuff is everywhere. Like, uh, just because, you know, most of our experience is pretty repetitive or random in a way that might as well be repetitive because you never pay that close of attention. Yeah, a lot of patterns. Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, if if the clouds in the sky repeated, you know, on some not too short of time scale, you probably wouldn't notice, right? Or if the, you know, there were really only like a hundred different leaves and they just got repeated on trees, like, I bet not many people would ever notice that. <laughs> uh, <laughs> the Matrix you know what I mean? could have used a lot less space and no one would have noticed. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and I mean, it's sort of a product also of your brain's like natural way of processing stuff, right? Your brain tends to do this already, which is pattern recognition, right? You've seen one leaf, it's just like, ah, leaf, like, <laughs> it doesn't bother, you know, re-examining everyone, it just like glosses over it, leaves, whatever, like, um, yeah, you notice so, differences, that's what you're yeah. kind of built to do. Yeah, exactly. So if they all look more or less the same, it doesn't trigger any problems in your brain. And so like if you're designing a video game and you have to make video game graphics, right, you repeat stuff all the time. You just have certain textures that are randomized a bit. And that allows some pretty good compression of a more rich experience. Yeah, do you ever see this? What the hell is with this trick where they like have a really low resolution image that you're supposed to squint at like narrow your eyes you know squint real hard and then it be then you can see it mm -hmm. like it it fills in all kinds of detail have you seen these before i i, I think i know what you're talking about it yeah kind of oh. things you have to squint at and it doesn't look like anything unless you squint at it, right? Yeah, exactly. It just looks like a blur, and then you squint, and oh, there's the Mona Lisa. Like, you never would have guessed. But somehow the squinting, like, I mean, clearly doesn't add information. It just tricks your brain into, you know, it gives it a reason why it's blurry, right? You're, like, squinting. That's interesting, so your brain's yeah. like, oh, we're in squint mode. We better throw in some <laughs> extra information <laughs> to the interpreter yeah, I here. I hadn't thought about that. There was an example... Similar, not exactly the same, of in this, again, this this, neuro, this popular science neuroscience book I used for mm -hmm. one of my classes. And it does this thing where it's trying to talk about how you don't, how your senses work or don't work the way you think. And it has a similar thing, just like this gray and white image, but it looks like nothing. It's just gray blobs. Mm -hmm. And then as soon as either you say someone tells you what's in the image or you just put like two lines, suddenly you see that it's a man with a hat or a beard right. or something like that. Right, but it's it's just that your brain couldn't figure out the pattern there without a hint, and once it sees it, you can't like unsee it. Right. Yeah, it's strong. Mm -hmm. The brain is quite good at that, especially faces. Mm hmm. Hence, probably all the Marys and toast and shit like that. Right. Right. Yeah, we're pretty hardwired for that. <laughs> uh, the but with the the choose your own adventure books, did you ever like read many of these? I definitely read some, and I definitely cheated. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's hard not to cheat. Yeah. Fucking you only, I mean, you only have so many fingers is my only regret reading this. But. <laughs> yeah, it can only hold so many. <laughs> anyway, but they would say in the front cover, like, the only rule is you can't, 
cheat or whatever. You can't <laughs> not do what the instructions say. Yeah, break it right away. And anyway, but there was one book that I remember reading, and it was called like UFO 50-something. And it was basically, you were on a spaceship, and like you had to get out, like you were trapped here. And anyway, there was no way out, like following the rules. Like everything you did would lead to your death. <laughs> and these choose your own adventure books always had some like horrible deaths. Anyway, but the only way to win this book was to flip to a page that no other page would tell you to go to. You had uh, to cheat. And then the, the ending the there was like Yeah, it was like the ending was like, ah, you you know, bypassed the logic system or something and you win. You got to go to this planet or something. So are you going to make the Star uh, Trek reference, or should I? <laughs> Go for it. <laughs> Is it the Kobayashi Maru of mm-hmm. adventure books? Mm-hmm. Totally. It totally was. Yeah, and it was kind of interesting, like, uh, lesson as a kid. I don't know. You're supposed to just <laughs> look outside the rules. I mean. Yeah, it makes you think of it. But, but I like that idea, you know, that there was something outside the rules that you couldn't get to unless you cheated yeah anyway but okay so i'm gonna get into this every goddamn episode it seems but here it is this also makes me think of the truman show <laughs> uh, the new running theme no no the, okay no this is oh it comes we'll comes get to something around. more familiar All right. but in the truman show right the forbidden place right the the same the way to win the choose your own adventure that is the truman show it was to somehow break out of this fourth wall or whatever, you know, and f- get to the real world. And Truman caught on to, like, how he was going to, how to do this, how to, like, poke holes in the system, which was by doing random things. Right. Like, he would do something totally unexpected. Like, they were used to him going to work, but he'd drive a different way or, you know, he'd just run in break a random routine. building. Yeah, he would totally break routine, routine or, like, lie about what he was going to do and then do something else. Right. And that's how he started to find holes in this thing, right? So mm-hmm. I think there have been a couple other, like, sci-fi movies where this happened, mm-hmm. right? Like, mm-hmm. like Dark City's a bit like it. I mean, mm-hmm. Matrix is, of course, although there's no, like, physical way out. Yeah, anyway, but, okay, so here's what I mean by familiar, is what if, again, we are in some kind of simulation now, is there some kind of behavior we could do that would elucidate the, the... <laughs> this is this makes me think of someone like on an acid trip they're like i'm gonna break out of this reality i'm just gonna jump off this building <laughs> no one would expect me to run straight into this wall <laughs> the wall doesn't even exist man <laughs> i mean there's gotta be a more sophisticated way to go about what i'm saying like <laughs> yeah no I, I understand what you're saying though i'm trying to think of what yeah, what would be so unusual? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, right. So, like, why, for example, were there holes in Truman's reality that he could find by doing this, right? Uh, the reason those holes existed was because there was a finite effort going into creating his reality, right? Yeah. They, they didn't want to employ... <laughs> the whole human race to be actors. They didn't want to make this set infinite. They didn't want to do, you know, supply all the detail that was sure. necessary. So the fact that there's some 
minimized amount of effort going into producing the reality suggests that that there might be holes, right? Yeah. Like this is the you know, looking for places where where they're skimping, you know. Mm-hmm. The, yeah, saving resources. Yeah, exactly. Like, you could look for repetition. Like, we talked about this in an earlier episode where you look for real randomness. Like, look yeah. for evidence of a random number generator or something, right, yeah. which is a way to, you know, if you have some repeating pattern, it just saves you space. Yeah. Like, has anyone ever really examined every grain of sand on the beach and seen that they're <laughs> unique? Have you, you, know? have you like, looked at every snowflake? Have you? Yeah, exactly. They say that, but I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> It's fucking propaganda, it's, man. It's just in, unfeasible, right, to check all this stuff. So, I mean, you could be insanely thorough, maybe. Maybe if the whole human race started checking snowflakes. Well, it's, it's also like, uh, you know, Rick and Morty. Rick, he just causes them to have to simulate so many things that they can't process or can't handle it. Start making glitches. Right. Yeah, that's true. Freeze up the system. Mm. That Rick and Morty. They're smart people. That was a pretty good solution. Yeah. I don't know how we... How do we do that, though? What do we do that costs? Maybe if everyone's awake at the same moment. No one's ever awake at the same moment. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah, I wonder... Okay, here's a question that I had. Mm -hmm. Can compression... Is compression basically... Can you use it as a randomizer? For example... Uh, you know that uh, compression algorithm for like lyrics you remember like determining the information content of lyrics or whatever by how much they could be compressed by this um i don't think so i feel like we were talking about this but uh, it's called like the lempel ziv or something oh i think uh, yeah okay compression. vague 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 recollection because yeah. it repetitiveness will cause it to yeah yeah, exactly. Okay. Yeah, if you have some lyrics that just like say the same thing like a hundred times, it mm-hmm. compresses really well, right? Right. It, right. it takes zero <laughs> space to say that. Yeah. Uh, and anyway, you can use this as a measure of, you know, how complex the lyrics are or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I was wondering if you could use it like a lossy sort of compression like that, and then unfold it, and it would give you not what you had put in, but something of like comparable density or something, something, you know, or you could like change the state a little bit of the compressed object and then unfold it. And then it would give you like some other random shitty lyrics. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of how it works, right? You just generate a new random number, seed, state, whatever. And then you run it through your, yeah, it's like, you know, those like Google Deep Dream things that were so, yep. you know, all over the internet a couple of years ago. Yeah. Uh, where it had learned, you know, to recognize high level things, right? Mm-hmm. Like the concept of a face, right? So it had that embedded in its neural network. And then when you showed it another image and sort of like ran this thing in a loop it would try to find faces in whatever image you gave yeah. it, right? Yeah. So it was kind of what I'm talking about, right? Where, like, you gave it a seed, and then it, the concept of a face has been compressed into this algorithm, and it will take that seed and make you a face that no one's ever seen before. 
and now that's your procedural generator. Right? You could you could feed it, you know, sort of gibberish forever, and it would give you like a sort of infinite variation of new faces. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you're imposing. Yeah, some so of your uh, that's totally encodable. Yeah. I mean, in that sense, then your brain kind of is a compressed deal that you can now generate procedural content from. Like, which is maybe, is this what a dream is when you actually dream at night? You get some random shit or whatever, and then your brain is a compressed reality generator, right? So you get the random crap in, and then you see a movie or whatever (laughs) that's totally made up. Yeah, I think that is one way. I've heard explain just these random firings going on and your brain is used to making stories and it has to make sense of stuff. Things just can't not make sense and be random. There has to be some way to link it. So it finds some way to stitch together all these different pieces. Yeah. There you go. Dreaming nature's uh, (laughs) procedural generator. (laughs) To jump back something Mm -hmm. that I had looked up, that I'm now reminded of connecting to what you were talking about of the world being a simulation and all that, mm-hmm. uh-huh. is that they have two types of algorithms or ways of doing procedural generation, which you might be able to guess if you think about it for a second. They're pretty obvious, but one is called um, teleological, which means oh, that nice you, word. Basi- yeah, you basically simulate the whole thing. Uh, you just start from some, not to be fundamental, but some smaller parts, and you actually generate the real thing basically what do you mean? simulate it so like if you wanted to have um take simply let's say you want to generate terrain for a world mm-hmm. you would start with like a planet of some shape and then you would simulate erosion and plate tectonics and things like that to get a texture or like uh-huh. a, a shape right versus simulate all the physical processes right the other one they call ontogenetic which means that you basically just start with a finished product and you make a convincing versions right. of it, right? So right. there's these algorithms that make textures that can look like clouds and mountains and things like that. It's just a way of generating noise, and right. it looks like these things. But it has just a someone came up with a nice formula that does it. Right. Yeah, so right. people use these in, in games as well, like simulate everything from some starting point mm-hmm. and see what you get, or... Yeah, just try to get that end result through some immediate process, immediate right. function. Right. Yeah, I mean, I guess the they're identical if you never look below the surface, right? Yeah, I mean, if you do it right, either way, of course, there's ways of going wrong, but either way, doing it well, you should yeah. get the same kind of result. Yeah. It's just that, like, in the first thing, right, you could dig under the planet and see that there's plate tectonics, but in the yeah. second one, you'd... you'd right, right break the Truman Show, right? You'd be like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's just a it's just a picture. <laughs> it's not a mountain. <laughs> it's just a picture exactly. of a mountain. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, wait, weren't, weren't we talking once about, uh, what's this game, Dwarf Fortress? Yeah, I was about to say, we probably should talk about it. The shame is I actually haven't played it, and you yeah. barely have heard of it. Yeah, but exactly. I, they, they kind of take, it's this, I think it's just um, two people, I think, mm-hmm. and they've been working on this game for years, and it's just famous for like simulating everything. So when you start the game, it comes up with a world, and I think it does everything like plate tectonics, all the like wow. 
mountains, rivers, all this stuff. Then it starts putting in people and tribes and their histories and like famous personalities and artifacts. And wow. I think even now it comes up with, yeah, like poetry, art, magic systems, like legends, myths, the whole fucking thing it simulates. And wow. you can read online. I've read like some stories that people play where it's so to go back to your what we were discussing about storytelling and how that is different because everyone has their own world and to this to like an extreme like they might even uh-huh. have the same gods in their worlds that people worship right. and religions yeah so everyone has a completely yeah. unique experience but then you get all these cool emergent stories because everyone has a unique setting right and yeah weren't yeah. you telling me something about like animals were getting drunk or something in the yeah. game from like beer soaking through the tavern floor yes yeah, so it sewer. actually does run all the stuff i can't so i can't remember all the stuff they add but one set of notes i remember reading about was that they fixed a bug where cats were they may have been dying i think they were probably dying so what happened was these dwarves as they are want to do would be drinking a lot and they tend to spill of course wow. beer or meat on the floor and cats would walk on it and it, it simulated all this so they would absorb beer in their in their paws feet in their feet right and then their fur and then when they went to clean themselves they would ingest it and get drunk and because they're so tiny they would get really drunk or die from this wow and so it It was like a totally unintended consequence of fucking simulating to the level of beer spillage (laughs) right yeah beer spillage and the mass of a cat and how much alcohol needs to get drunk or die wow yeah Shit like that, which was just... So that was cool. Like, even the people who were developing it came across... It was a bug, I think, they were fixing in some way. Right. That I guess right. cats wouldn't walk in beer, probably. But... Yeah. Um, yeah, just stuff That's like that would happen. Amazing. Because you're simulating, you just get all these inadvertent things. Right. So it's yeah, a lot Yeah, that's another good... Yeah, theory about, like, if we're in a simulation, like, are we just a weird little bug? <laughs> yeah. Did someone, did someone make a mistake? They forgot Someone's to... Gonna... Uh, <laughs> count that loop off correctly or something people are doing what now (laughs) (laughs) there's what in our what (laughs) did you say there's something alive in our computers (laughs) Uh uh-huh yeah cool yeah maybe i should finally get around to playing dwarf fortress but it's so much fun to read about people playing it like they come with these elaborate because it has these built-in stories and then like it generates all these unique personalities for your dwarves that you're trying to manage in your hall that you're huh. or whatever you're trying to build your fortress your town wow. and stuff always goes wrong so it just has these crazy stories of like people like dwarves going insane because something bad happened like some of them crack under the pressure some of them become like courageous heroes and seek out revenge for some huh. dragon killing their buddy or something and oh man that's amazing but it's uh it's not a looker shall we say when it comes to graphics right Right. In well, geez, none. sounds like you got to save some space. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it actually... Keep track they, of all that. They actually do so much, it is rather taxing, and it takes a while for it to generate a world. Like, it's involved. Right. Cut that detail. Cool. Yeah, that's the limit for sure. I mean, if you simulate everything, then it is no different than reality. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So, funny twist, everyone. Today's episode actually was compressed, randomized, and this gibberish came out. I hope you enjoyed it. (laughs) Uh, 
And that's why the whole episode didn't make any sense. It was all part of an elaborate experiment. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> is like ice vanilla ice